So it was in uh, 1967, uh, my parents took me and my brother to Egypt. And it was supposed to be a grand adventure, and it was that, and much more. While there one afternoon, my dad arranged for us to take a ride on, a, on, a, on the Nile River in a felucca. And a felucca is a, a small wooden sailboat that's used for all kinds of purposes. And although it was a long time ago, I remember the heat that day as it was a June summer day. The river was wide and the water was muddy. Truly enjoying ourselves and having fun, we began to notice something really strange. As we floated down the Nile River, over a period of an hour or so, army troops and tanks and assortment of other military equipment began to line the banks of the Nile River. We weren't sure what to think. Well, eventually we returned to our hotel in Cairo, which was located on Tahrir Square, and the square was packed to the brim with people yelling and chanting. People held up signs in Arabic, none of which, of course, we could understand. While at the hotel, an employee who spoke English asked us, why are you still here? And over our puzzled looks, he said, you must not have heard. We're at war with Israel. You must leave the country. I still remember the look of panic on my mom's face. Well, after some quick thinking and many calls placed by my dad, we made our way to the airport. The streets were filled with tanks and troops and people scurrying this way and that, and we made it out on the last commercial flight before the airport closed. The flight out of Cairo took us to Istanbul, and for the next two weeks, my parents changed up our itinerary. They changed it up as we were clearly not going to Israel as planned. Well, over the years, I've thought about that story, but I've also thought about another time when things were not so great between Israel and Egypt. More specifically, I've been thinking about Mary and Joseph fleeing to Egypt from Israel not too long after Jesus was born. About how a a trip to Egypt was not on their radar, nor something they had planned to do before the unexpected prompted them travel. As the story goes, after some time passed living in Egypt, Jesus and his family made it back to Israel, and Jesus' life unfolded, as we know, through the Gospels. But tonight is about the beginning of that story. Tonight is all about Christmas and the birth of Jesus. And many of you know the story well, and here's just a brief retelling of some of the parts. At the time of Jesus in Israel, it was an extremely tumultuous time, a passage in which the brutal, vicious Roman government was in control of vast amounts of that part of the world. There was a young woman named Mary in a town named Nazareth who found out she was pregnant. Well, at the time in Israel, things were not easy. Life was tenuous. The culture was chaotic. Things were not predictable. A lot of unanticipated things happened. There was tremendous religious upheaval, squabbling, massive political tension, and society then was highly polarized around all kinds of issues. Well, as time passed and Mary's pregnancy continued, Joseph and Mary likely made some plans for the arrival of their new baby. They made some plans for the upcoming birth of their child in in Nazareth. But something unexpected 
came their way, didn't it? Caesar Augustus, the emperor of the Roman Empire, needed to raise money. And the way that he could raise money for troops and for more expansion of his empire was to tax people. And the way to tax people was to know who the people were and where they were. And so he ordered that a census be taken across all the lands that he ruled. And to get this done, everyone in Israel had to return to their ancestral home. This meant that Mary and Joseph had to walk 80 to 90 miles or so on foot to Bethlehem from Nazareth to accomplish this. Mary was likely far along in her pregnancy at the time, and I am confident that walking for miles on end was the last thing they had planned for, the last thing they wanted to do. Bethlehem was not on their intended itinerary. Well, because the census was happening and many people were traveling, when they finally get to Bethlehem, there was no place for them to stay, as we know. There was no room in the inn. A quick aside, someone recently sent me a cartoon. And in the cartoon, Mary is riding a donkey as Joseph leads Mary and the donkey into, into Bethlehem. And in this cartoon, there's a picture of Mary on the donkey with Joseph in front of a stable. And in the cartoon, Mary says, and she looks angry in this cartoon, she says, Joseph, what do you mean you didn't make a reservation for us to stay anywhere? She was furious. Mary is clearly upset and angry. And at the bottom of the cartoon, the caption reads, The Origin of Silent Night. Go back to the story. Jesus, we know, was born in Bethlehem, and sometime later, Magi arrived, and they believed that a unique star they saw rise in the sky meant a very special and significant baby had been born. They concluded that this baby must be a king, the king of Israel, and they wanted to see this newborn king. And because of this, they traveled from likely an area around Iran, on foot, all the way to, to Jerusalem. And they go to see Herod, who's the puppet leader under Rome and they ask Herod where they might find this baby and he says go look in Bethlehem and if you find this baby in Bethlehem let me know so they travel to Bethlehem they find Jesus and his parents there they give the newborn king gifts what's well, after this point in time that Mary and Joseph along with Jesus traveled to Egypt as I mentioned earlier they did so to avoid becoming victims of a terrible, horrendous plan that Herod had devised to get the baby. Well, this, like having to go to Bethlehem, was not something they had anticipated. It was totally unexpected. It was not something they had planned for. It was not on their itinerary. More on that in just a moment. On this holiest of nights, I invite us all to receive with joy and gratitude what the birth, life, and resurrection of Jesus is all about. To remember some things that can really change our lives if we keep them front and center in our day-to-day -day living. You see, the birth, and life, and resurrection of Jesus tells us that we have a, a God who loves us enough to be born among us, to show up in the flesh, we have a God that wants to know us that intimately. We have a God that will do anything to connect with us, including showing up in person. 
We have a God who teaches us through the words of Jesus, who guides us through the Spirit of Jesus, who heals us through the power of Jesus. And because of Jesus, we can let go of any notion that we have to be perfect or to live without flaws. We can release guilt and regret and self-criticism because we're forgiven for all mistakes. We can embrace living in a way that embraces vulnerability as Jesus was so vulnerable with those around him. And because of Jesus, we know that eternity and joy is ahead with those we miss this night but see no longer. And we know because of Jesus that love is what matters most. Loving God, loving others, and learning to love ourselves. But because of the birth of Jesus and how it came about, there is one more thing we can know and trust this holy night. As I mentioned, Joseph and Mary had not planned to walk to Bethlehem for Jesus' birth. It was unexpected. It was unanticipated. It was not on their itinerary. And while at first they likely did not have a plan or know what to do, God did. God had a plan and knew exactly what they needed to do. And later, when Joseph and Mary became aware of a threat to Jesus, I'm confident that at first they were not clear on the immediate steps they needed to take or what to do. And although they may not have had a plan or knew what to do, God did. And the story of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus in many ways is like our own life stories. You see, in the midst of our own confusions in life, when the unexpected comes our way, when the unplanned for enters our lives, we may or may not know what to do, but God does. God has a way forward for us, a way through and a path to follow. We may not have a plan, but God does. Gosh, as I think about the world, it is so different from what it was just a short time ago. In fact, this whole century has been about monumental changes, hasn't it? Many of us who lived many decades in the last century find much to be very concerned about in this new century, a lot that perplexes us. In the early decades of this 21st century, clearly we've been faced with lots of surprises, the unanticipated, the unplanned for, things we didn't have on our itinerary. New normals seemingly come about quickly. The way we relate to each other morphs and changes daily. And new ways of being and showing up in the world, some good, some not so good, come at us at a sprinter's pace. Well, all this means that you and I sometimes have plans and expectations and anticipations that get turned upside down and all around, sometimes good and sometimes not so good. But through it all, we have a God who is not surprised, a God who has a plan, a way through, and a way forward. You see, one of, the main, one of the things, so many of the things that the birth, life, and resurrection of Jesus tells us is that no matter what is happening, despite thwarted plans and the unexpected and the unanticipated, God's got this. God's got you. God's got me, just like he had Mary and Joseph. We may have lots of questions, but God does not. Christmas, what a joyful reminder, not only that God came among us, 
but that God had a plan, a way forward, and a way through for Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And Christmas is a great time to remember that the same is true for you and for me. God has a plan, a way forward, and a way through. I pray that you, wherever you are in your journey in faith, I pray that regardless of whatever it is that's happening in your life, I pray that regardless of what you have done or not done, no matter what unexpected or unanticipated things or surprises you are dealing with, I pray that you will remember and trust that God is in charge. God's got this. And when you're faced with an unanticipated itinerary, I invite you to say to yourself, God's got this. God's got me. God has a plan. And this, my friends, in part, is what we are celebrating this holy night. Merry Christmas to each of you this night. And let us pray.